Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of Building on the Rock, produced by St. Peter's Lutheran Congregation of Fond du Lac, located at 1600 South Main Street. Our congregation has had the privilege of serving our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ since 1858. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8 or 10.30 or every Thursday night at 6.30. St. Peter's serves Jesus' little lambs with a preschool through 8th grade Lutheran elementary school and supports Winnebago Lutheran Academy. We invite you to take advantage of the many opportunities that St. Peter's provides to help you build your life on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus and his word. For more information, call us at 922-1160 or visit us at stpetersfdl.net. May God bless you as together we continue building on the rock. Good evening. My name is Lauren. Last name is Looked. I'm Pastor Looked. You pronounce it like what you did out the window. And uh, my wife and I are here tonight. Thank you for letting us be your guests. Um, (laughs) It's an interesting way to start. (laughs) Um, I retired more years ago than I want to remember, but um, my wife and I are living in West Bend now. And we're living with my son and daughter-in-law. They bought a huge house, a very big house. And uh, we live downstairs along with my son and daughter-in-law. And they live with a niece uh, who's 30 years old and can't take care of herself, can't be by herself. And six kids. So our our life is still busy, even though I'm retired. Um, And I tell you that because I'm going to make reference to one of my grandchildren in a moment. Tonight we're going to talk about amazing things. Uh, the scriptures are filled with amazing things. We're going to talk about that. And uh, when I ask you or talk to you about amazement, what comes to mind? For me, it's magicians. I just think they're fun. And I love it when a magician shows you the palm of his hand and the back of his hand and he turns it around and flips out a whole deck of cards. To me, that's amazing. Well, we're not gonna talk about that kind of amazing all night. Uh, It's church service. We're going to talk about the amazing things that are in the Bible. So I finished the sermon last week, and our our family with the grandkids, we were talking about it, and I was telling them about amazing things and amazing things in the Bible. Well, first of all, anything having to do with creation is amazing, right? If you look at uh, nature, it's amazing. If you look at animals, if you look at flowers, anything... It's just amazing the delicate things that are in a flower, okay, or, or how animals reproduce and how they nourish each other, nourish their young and so on. It's all amazing. My wife chimed in and she said the next amazing thing she remembered was when Moses parted the Red Sea. And my grandson said, Moses didn't part the Red Sea. And we all looked at him and said, God did that. He's got a good religion teacher. Um, it's, it's me. <laughs> so, awfully proud of him uh, for doing that. We are going to talk tonight about some amazing things that uh, God did, uh, particularly uh, in, in regards to his transfiguration. 
So we begin our order of service. It's on page 266 in the front of your hymnal. Please stand. I rejoiced with those who said to me, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. The Lord is near to all who call on him. We pray. Show us your unfailing love, Lord. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We pray. Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart, that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our first lesson this evening is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the, of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise it will not. As they were walking along, and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. 
Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is recorded in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, beginning with verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The word of the Lord. The sermon this evening is based on Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Do not be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, Transfiguration Sunday is always the Sunday before Lent begins. You know when the music changes to a minor key and the mood is much more somber and serious as we think about the things that are going to happen to Jesus, the Son of God, how he's going to be crucified and he's going to die for the sins of the world. But today, we're going to think about the glory of Jesus Christ. Jesus had taken his three best friends, Peter, James, and John, with him as he went out to pray. He didn't do this just because he didn't want to be alone. He was going to show them something that was so spectacular that when they told others about it, people wouldn't believe them. So there had to be two or three eyewitnesses of what was going to happen. Now, when Jesus went off by himself to pray, you've heard this story before, the three disciples fell asleep. In Luke's account of this same incident, he carefully notes that when the disciples awoke, 
they saw Jesus. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothing was as white as the light. What these three disciples saw when they awoke was proof that this was not a dream. This was not something they were imagining in their sleep. This was truly a metamorphosis, big word, to a physical change in Jesus' appearance. Jesus was changed into the glorious figure of heaven before their very eyes. Something similar happened once before. Do you remember when Moses went up Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments? And he asked to see the glory of God. God said, well, you can't see my glory, but I'll, you know, you hide in that cleft and my glory will reflect on you. Moses came down with that reflected glory and his face was so brilliant that he had to put a veil over it because the people were frightened to look at him. This is no mere reflection. Peter, James, and John were seeing the divine nature of Jesus, the real glory of the Son of God. I told you there had to be witnesses, and here, is, here are the witness testimonies of what they had seen. John wrote in his gospel, we were, I, excuse me, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The second eyewitness would be Peter who wrote in his letter, we were eyewitnesses of the majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father. They had witnessed the glory of Jesus Christ and also the glory of two saints. Moses and Elijah. We'll talk about them in just a moment. How would you feel seeing this transfiguration if you had been there for that? What would you say? What would you think? How would you react? I believe that amazed would be an appropriate if inadequate word. Just a few verses before this, in the Gospel of Matthew, Peter had testified to his faith in Jesus Christ. What do you believe about Jesus Christ? I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what he believed. That's what was in his heart. But now, he is an eyewitness to the glory of God. This isn't what he only believes. This is what he has seen with his own eyes. Just like we would expect, excuse me, <coughs> Ooh, that is really loud, sorry. Just like we would expect from impetuous Peter, he goes, Lord, it is so good to be here. If you want, I will make three tents, one for you and one for Elijah and one for Moses. Did you notice Jesus didn't respond? Nor did his companions. Luke, again, in his gospel account here, says, Peter didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> he just had an idea, and bloop, the words fell out. 
But we shouldn't be too surprised at Peter. He felt close to heaven. In fact, he was getting a glimpse of heaven. There he was, Peter the fisherman, standing beside the glorious Son of God and Moses and Elijah. Can you blame him for wanting to prolong that moment as long as he could? Even if, it, even if it was just to bask in that glory a little bit longer. While we can understand his desire to possess such glory, we know, and Peter should have known, that he and James and John could not share the glory that they were seeing while they were still in their sinful human nature. Although Peter, James, and John were not transformed in glory, they surely had to have been strengthened in their faith in Jesus Christ as the promised Savior, the only Son of God. What they witnessed confirms the divinity, the full godliness of Jesus. In addition to Jesus, their Lord and Master, these three disciples were also blessed to see Moses and Elijah, and they too were glorified. These two men were representative of the Old Testament. We know that Moses is a representative of the law of God, and Jesus fulfilled the law of God. Elijah, on the other hand, was the greatest among the prophets, so great that according to our second reading today, or actually our first reading today, According to that, Elijah didn't even die. God just took him right up into the glories of heaven. Elijah represented all the prophets from Ezekiel to Malachi who warned God's people of God's wrath against their sin and who comforted them with the gospel of a promised redeemer who would save them from the guilt of their sin and bring them, as they've learned, eternal glory. These two men that we're talking about, Elijah and Moses, are only the only two people we're aware of, other than Jesus, who went to heaven without dying. So what you have in front of you here are two men who didn't die, talking with Jesus, who is the Son of God, who is going to die. The conversation between Moses, Elijah, and Jesus wasn't hidden from the disciples. That's kind of important, too. Um, we read, they spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. This conversation dealt with the impending fulfillment of the most dreadful and tragic promises made about the Messiah. He was going to be sacrificed like a lamb. He was going to be crucified like a criminal. He was going to die like a human. All these to fulfill God's promises to redeem the world from its sin. Now, if these three disciples were listening carefully and taking in what was all being said, they were being prepared for what Jesus was going to undergo 
in Jerusalem. They should not have been too surprised at any of the things that happened to Jesus. Now these disciples had physical proof that Jesus' claims of divinity were not lies. They had seen his own heavenly glory with their own eyes. As if that was not amazing enough. A voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Here they see the glory of Jesus. They see two of the Old Testament saints. And now with their own ears, they're hearing the voice of God. And you know what happened? They fell down on their faces. Boom, 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 all three of them. <laughs> Terrified. How would you feel under those circumstances? Jesus came, touched them with his comforting hands, and he said, get up. Do not be afraid. This had to be the most spectacular day, the most amazing day of their lives. I can only imagine how anxious they were to get back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples what they had seen and what they had heard. But listen to what happened next. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. What? Why? Even the other disciples were not yet certain about what was going on with Jesus. They didn't fully understand his ministry here. Some were still waiting for him to provide a kingdom here on earth. If these men had told everything they had seen about the glory of God and said, we heard from God, that this is his beloved son, think of the confusion that might cause among the other, the other disciples. Not to mention the Sadducees and the Pharisees who were already plotting to get rid of Jesus any way they could. Boy, could they spread some stories if the disciples came back and told them what we're talking about tonight. This incident reminded me of when Jesus came and met Nathaniel. It's a little off the subject. Do you remember... Uh, one of the apostles came to Nathanael and said, you've got to come and see it. We have found the Christ. Uh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael is the one who said, what? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Come and see. So Jesus and the other apostle were coming down towards Nathanael. Jesus greeted Nathanael. And Nathanael said, how do you know me? And Jesus said, I knew you before you were sitting under that fig tree. And Nathaniel's response was, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, you believe because I told you you were sitting under a fig tree? You will see greater things than that. We can picture Jesus saying to these three disciples, do you think what you saw today was amazing? Just wait. You want to be amazed? The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death. 
They will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. Can't believe that. And on the third day, he will rise again from the dead. No, Jesus said, tell no one what you have seen or heard until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. You and I know that's got to be the most amazing thing in the scriptures. So here we are on the brink of Lent. Hopefully in the last few minutes your hearts have been lightened. You've remembered the glory of Jesus, restored some sense of hope and joy and anticipation with Peter, James, and John that they got when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration and the encouragement they got when they were coming down the hillside and Jesus said, the third day, I'm going to rise from the dead. I'd like to conclude with the words of, again, this disciple John. In his vision of heaven, John writes us what the saints in heaven sing around the throne of God. And it's a good hymn for us to listen to, for us to consider tonight, throughout the weeks that are to come. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen. Please rise. May God bless your hearts as you contemplate what our Savior has done for us, fulfilling his Father's will and the promises of the scriptures, and look forward to the rejoicing we will do on Easter Sunday when we celebrate his resurrection, and the rejoicing we will do together when we meet again in heaven. Amen. We confess our Christian faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. The almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and keep us. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Building on the Rock, produced by St. Peter's Lutheran Congregation of Fond du Lac, serving our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ since 1858. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8 or 10.30, or every Thursday night at 6.30. Our address is 1600 South Main Street. St. Peter's serves Jesus' Little Lambs with a preschool through 8th grade Lutheran Elementary School and supports Winnebago Lutheran Academy.
We invite you to take advantage of the many opportunities that St. Peter's provides to help you build your life on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus and his word. For more information, call us at 922-1160 or visit us at stpetersfdl.net. We'll be back next week with another edition of Building on the Rock. Until then, God be with you.